0: Welcome back to Bring It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Sam Short over Zoom video. Sam was born in Miami, and then she moved to Phoenix and New York and back to Phoenix, and then to Bend, Oregon, where she spent a majority of her life, uh, moved there when she was in middle school. So her formative years were spent in Bend, Oregon. She talks about that. How she got into music. She's a classically trained pianist, and she was huge into songwriting and plays and musicals. Her parents put her in voice lessons at a young age. She talked to us about writing songs uh, in middle school and high school. Moving to Los Angeles to attend USC, we talk about our love for Taylor Swift. (laughs) Quite a bit. It's awesome. Uh, But she tells us all about this new single she just put out. She's been writing a lot for Pitch, but she put this song out called Already Mine, it blows up on TikTok. It doesn't blow up right away, though. So we hear the story of how it kind of took a bit for it to, to catch some fire. And it's doing super well. So we hear all about her current project, Sam Short, and everything going on with Already Mine and the new song she has coming out. You can watch the interview with Sam Short on our Facebook page and YouTube channel, at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Bringin' Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringinitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringinitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Sam Short.
1: It's been a wild week. Moving, music, uh, just graduated from college.
0: Oh, wow. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Well, I haven't walked yet, but I'm done. So, That's
0: yeah. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah. You're I not- did the
0: same thing. I fin- when, I'm much older than you, but uh, when I graduated, I graduated like in December. So, like, I had to wait till the summer to officially walk and receive the, the piece of paper that I never have ever had to show anyone in my entire life.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, what were those thousands of dollars for?
0: Right, right, exactly. Sure. <laughs> Are you going to college in or were you, I should say, going to college in LA?
1: Yeah. So um I went to USC. Oh wow! And yeah, I actually came in as a, like a theater major and a journalism major. So I was doing a ton of like writing and acting and like wanted to do that whole thing. And I'd always done music. And then I was like, why am I doing this? My parents were super academic and they were like, get a real degree. And I was like, why? (laughs) Um, And so then I eventually changed and like changed my whole major. And I ended up studying like narrative studies, which is basically like the study of storytelling and like, I emphasize in songwriting. So I did like my thesis in songwriting I like minored in songwriting and like, yeah. So I kind of ended up like making my own major, which was really cool and got in with all the music kids. And so, yeah, it's been fun. That's
0: awesome. I mean, right. Storytelling is, is essentially songwriting. So if you're learning the craft or, you know, building your craft in in college that way, obviously I would imagine translates over to your lyric writing.
1: Yes, completely. I did. Basically my whole thesis was about like pop, lyricism and like pop hook. So it was cool. It's kind of been like the perfect little very complimentary of like what I'm actually doing in real life.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. You said your parents are yeah. academic. Where were you born and raised?
1: So um, I was born, I've actually kind of lived all over the place. So I was born in Miami and then I moved to Phoenix and then I moved to New York and then I moved back to Phoenix and then I moved to Oregon, which is where I did like my high school and my like formative years. I feel like Oregon is like my hometown. Okay. Um, and I grew up. So like I kind of lived everywhere because my dad works in business and would consult at different companies. And so then finally we settled down in Oregon for my middle school and high school years. And it's like a really small town. I don't know if you're familiar. Bend. Have you ever heard of Bend? Yeah.
0: I just know that there's a, what's a beer out of Bend, Oregon? Oh, there's a brewery um, there, right?
1: So many like, yeah.
0: Uh, their- I, I don't remember. I, I don't drink anymore. But when I used to drink, I, I remember buying a beer from there. Those not from there, but it said Ben, Oregon. That's the only reason why I knew about it.
1: Yeah. Like Deschutes or something. Yeah. Deschutes.
0: They- yeah, it was Deschutes. There you yeah. go.
1: Um. So it's like a super small mountain town, Uh. super wholesome, very much just basically the opposite of L.A. And so mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to move to L.A. or New York like post high school. Um, and so coming to LA was kind of a bit of a culture shock just cause I was really used to being a big fish in a really small pond and here I'm a little fish in a really big ocean.
0: So sure. Sure. Well, was, you, you lived in New York. How old are you when you lived in New York? I was even remember that. really
1: young. Yeah. So okay. I was like kindergarten, like three to six. And I mean, it was amazing. And we still have like some friends and connects in New York and we, we've been there a lot and travel there, but I would say like all the years that were really formative were in just like a really in small, town.
0: In a small town. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, cause I mean, New York is even bigger than LA <laughs> as far as population goes.
1: Totally. Yeah. All
0: right. So how did you get into music?
1: How did I get into music? So uh, no one in my family is musical in my immediate family at all. So my grandma, um, she was a pianist and my uncle is kind of a musician so same side of the family different sides and everyone was a bit confused um (laughs) but i my parents like just from when i was a kid i was always singing and doing stuff around the house and they put me in musical theater you know just as like an after school activity and i really ran with that when i was like seven years old i started writing like original plays (laughs) like it was wow like we're, we were just talking about it the other night. My mom was like, it was kind of odd. Like you would write these like, like really long, like 70 page works. Oh, yeah. So you would write
0: it out. It wasn't even just like, okay, we're in like, you have your group of friends together and you're kind of improvising. You actually like wrote out a, like a full on script.
1: Yes. Wrote out a full on script on Microsoft word. I remember a long <laughs> night in the office. Um, I was just like, that was just weird. I was asking my mom. I was like, did you think I was like weird? And she was like, no, it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I would write these plays and then I'd cast everyone in my neighborhood to come and yeah. And, and I'd sing and I do all these things and that kind of led me to like song. Right. And so I would write these songs. Like I didn't even really know what I was doing, but as I look back, I can clearly see kind of the, the arc and the transition. And mm-hmm. I've just always, I mean, since I was doing musical theater, my parents like put me in voice lessons too, in piano. So I'm a classically trained pianist. I've, um, that makes me sound like I'm like really good. I'm a little rusty, but the foundations are there. Sure. Um, And so I played classical piano till about 14 and I've done classical voice my whole life and did a lot of musical theater, but obviously like on my own always like saying pop and like I played guitar. So I always sang pop. And um, then in high school, I, um, I did a lot of theater too. And I like wrote my own songs and gigged a bit and, all that. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. It's just kind of always been there, I guess.
0: That's cool that your parents were supportive of it enough to put you in voice lessons and piano lessons, especially you said that they have more of an academic background and, and be instead of being like, no, you know, that's just, you know, games or whatever, like really kind of push. They Essentially pushed you into it, and then when you went to college, you're like, "I want to do this." They're like, "Well, how much you get a degree?"
1: That was my same thought process. No, they were <laughs> so supportive, um, my whole life as a kid, and really, like, I mean, they, yeah, they would take me to see like Broadway shows and Taylor Swift and like all that oh, stuff. I
0: love Taylor Swift. She's the one of my favorites.
1: She's everything to me. I am obsessed with her.
0: Um, I mean, I was so. Did, were you gonna go see her at uh, Loverfest?
1: I wasn't actually, oh. but I it's because just I was. I was a poor college kid and I right. couldn't afford it.
0: I, well, I moved to Nashville recently within the past year, but I'm originally from San Diego and I was so excited. I'm like, I got tickets. I waited, like my wife and I were like on this, like the browser, like waiting for your turn to buy tickets for literally four hours. Just like had it open, just, you know, doing other things. Wow. Let us in, bought the tickets, super excited. It was the opening of SoFi Stadium. She's going to be the first thing that ever happened there you know, grew up as a Charger fan. Unfortunately, I don't like them anymore because they left us. But anyway, um, so excited. And then obviously the pandemic happens and she hasn't done anything as far as rescheduling. What's going on? I don't understand. But I
1: I think that she is going to do like a holistic tour, like a tour where she does something from every album. Like, that's just what I'm thinking is going to happen. Because I don't know. Did you like Evermore and Folklore? Did you listen? I, I think
0: those are the two best records she's ever written, to be honest.
1: I love them. So I would love to see them live, but I don't know how they transit like translate to a full stadium audience. Really?
0: Yeah. It doesn't really, it, it's so opposite of her, you know, real big pop records that it'd be hard to translate that to the Rose bowl where I saw her last time. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Totally. But I think, so I think that I could see her doing something where she kind of does a piece of each, especially with all the re-releases and all that stuff. I feel like that's, She's oh good. yeah,
0: with all her Taylor versions and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Good call. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would love. What if she did like a theater tour? And that, I mean, that'd be insane. Anyway,
1: I'd freak out. <laughs> I could do like a residency. I know. I I am her biggest fan. She, I mean, really musically, she is my biggest inspiration. I tell people all the time, and not not even just because it's like okay, Taylor Swift, and I'm just like your average girl. She really, I feel, I. think a lot of people my age who are fans of her had a really unique experience where they really grew up with her every Mm -hmm. album that she released narrated some part of my life and I remember it so distinctly and it was it felt like I was living in my own coming of age movie every time she released something like I remember when speak now came out I was 11 I remember when red came out I was in eighth grade and I just remember it all all too well all too well (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I just remember it so vividly. And when I was going through, when I was my freshman year of college and reputation came out and it was all about, it just felt we were having parallel experiences my whole life. And she really taught me, I was speaking to one of my songwriter friends the other day and who's also a big Taylor fan. And we were like, there is no songwriting class like listening to Taylor Swift. She taught me like she taught songwriters like lyricism and storytelling and hook writing and amazing melodies. And She's just, I mean, she's the best. So I oh, if I could ever meet anyone, it would
0: be it'd terrible. be her. I yeah, that would be quite the experience to meet her. And I've only heard that she's like the sweetest person on earth. Yeah. Um, I came from radio and uh one of the I was on alternative radio, but there was a top 40 pop station in our building. They did a thing with her. I begged and pleaded. They only sent like the program director and one other person to, to meet her. Uh, but they brought me back like a signed picture and it said like "to Adam from her. So she signed a photo and not only did she do that, she sent, she hand wrote letters back to the two people from my building that went and saw her. And they were so detailed that it was like, I loved hearing about your niece. That's in the music and bl-. like, it's almost like she meets people and then immediately goes back and goes, okay, I'm going to like, like write a thought a thoughtful card and then send it been like mailed it it was the i was shocked i was like wow like what artist would ever do this It's usually like some tight piece of paper from their publicist that just you know goes off to whatever but yeah insanity so i I would love to meet her as well anyway yeah um that's so cool that you got to like you know grow up with her songwriting and kind of evolve as she did in her career one of the Few artists I was able to kind of get out of pop our uh, country back and then into pop music as well as she was able to transition into it.
1: Totally. Yeah. She is the queen of genre bending. And I mean, she's really she's really everything that I would kind of aspire to be, only because she I, I'm not a huge country fan. I mean, I respect it and I think it's awesome music, Um, but I'm not a huge country music listener. So mm-hmm. Not so much that, but just her ability. I mean, she's one album of the year in three different genres, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I write, I'm writing a lot of pop music now. The song I just released last week is very pop. And I originally Yeah, it's wrote-
0: a great song. I was I want to talk to you about it, obviously.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I'm writing a lot of pop, but like my like cathartic writing that I do for myself is like folk. Like I sit with my guitar or I sit with my piano and I don't care about the pop hook and I don't care about any of that. And I just write. And it's very interesting because she did a really similar thing with folklore. And once again, it was like this weird parallel. Like at that time when I was realizing like, okay, the music I write for me, Sam Short, the brand and the persona, it's not that it's any less true to me. It's just like, it's work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And writing a great song is hard. It's not all just like feeling based and everything. Of course it's feeling based, but it's like intentional and it's stuff that I want other people to also resonate with and melodies that I want people to be able to sing back. And the stuff that I write for when I'm crying at the piano last night is just like very folklore evermore. So yeah.
0: Okay. When you were, you said when you were in high school, I believe or middle school, you were writing songs and gigging a bit.
1: Yeah. um, I started writing songs. I think I wrote my first song when I was like seven, but in I mean, really my whole life, I would say fifth or sixth grade, I was writing like writing and I have, so I have all these journals that just for my entire life. And I was going back to them just because they're funny. And uh, you know, I'd have my chords and it'd be like C, G, A minor, just like the most basic chords ever. (laughs) like, and, but I was actually singing them the other day and I was playing them for my manager. And she was like, these actually aren't bad. Like some of these hooks are actually kind of good. So I feel like the songwriting bug bit me when I was young and it just never stopped. I mean, yeah, I have tens and tens of journals. I basically wanted to be Taylor Swift. That's what yes. I was.
0: What, do. what are those? Yeah. What do those songs sound like? Were they more folk uh, forward or are they rewriting, like trying to write like big pop hits?
1: Kind of both, like kind of okay. folk pop, honestly. I mean, OK, and I, I should be I'm being generous by saying folk. I think that because I write a lot of pop music, there's always kind of a pop hook in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were kind of both. I mean, they were really deep. Like I was like, whoa, seventh grade must have been intense because this shit is kind of dark. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of a mixture of both. And I think it's interesting to see like the sonic phases that I went through, like when I was in high school and I was angsty, like wearing Doc Martens, listening to Arctic Monkeys, I was writing you know, that kind of stuff. And I was mm-hmm. writing really dark, kind of almost experimental, all indie stuff. And I think now my sound is, it's interesting because as a writer, as a songwriter for other people, I write r b you know, sometimes I write hip hop, sometimes I write pop. But as I've been focusing more on my artistry, like figuring out, I feel what's really, um, what's really common right now is is like indie alternative music and like being left of center and finding that. And something I've discovered is like, okay, but who's in the mainstream? Like who, who wants to be a pop star? And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I do. Like I really like writing pop music and I really like, I don't know, there's something about making your personal experiences universal moments that I think is so cool. And I think pop music has such a unique ability to do that. It's like songs that heal the masses, like that's powerful, you know what I mean? And so I think in my artist project, I'm really trying to do that and kind of like, start the new pop revolution and like figure out what that's going to be.
0: Well, I feel like people are uh, obviously relating to the song since it did so, so well. I mean, especially like on TikTok and everything. And we'll talk about how that I want, I'm curious to how that all kind of started, but I mean, people I've heard it so many times from just, you know, people that don't write music or whatever, just like, Oh, it's so easy to write a pop song. I could do this. Like, can't do it then. It, it, like, it's so hard to write lyrics that are so obvious to everyone else, right? I I totally. think and it's just such a skill that if it was so easy then it wouldn't be, you know, so so powerful to everyone else.
1: Totally. I agree. I actually think that writing pop is the hardest genre for me personally to write because when I like I said, yeah, when I'm writing, when I'm writing folk or when I'm writing kind of indie stuff or when I'm just writing for me, Aren't that many boundaries? And I feel like less confined, and you know, I'm just kind of like doing it. And the melodies don't have to be super catchy. And not to say that you need to be confined in pop, but for the top 40 songs that you're hearing on the radio, there's a method to the madness. Like mm-hmm. this is these melodies, whether you know it or not, they're thought out, they are intentional, like they every lyric relates back to the hook. Like it is a puzzle, but that's the fun thing about writing pop, is it feels like a like a big game. Like mm-hmm. once everything locks in, you have that feeling. And I agree, I think. If anything, a lot of my other music, this song, I think it was some of my most simple lyrics. And I wrote the song in 45 minutes, didn't really think twice about it. Like I I knew I felt something. It's actually interesting because I never really take videos in my sessions just because I was doing a lot of stuff as a writer. So I wasn't thinking like artist promo or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song, I like have a bunch of footage from, like, I have a bunch of voice mo- and a bunch of footage and like a bunch of like me and my producer meeting, like, oh my God, this song is so like, there's something about it. But I didn't really think twice about the writing process. Like it just came out so quick. And I was like, okay, this song's great. Listen to it the next day. It was great. And it wasn't really until I sent it to my high school best friends and, uh, I send them all my music. And one of them who is not in music at all, was like, dude, this song is like a hit. Like you need to put it on TikTok. And I had been doing TikTok stuff, but I hadn't teased a ton of my own demos. And um, like I'd done little piano guitar stuff. And she was like, no, like mark my words, this song is going to blow up. And I was like, okay, like, here we go. And the way that the song blew up was super unconventional typically like other videos that I've had that have done well typically within the day or two like you start seeing traction Mm -hmm. this song saw no traction for like five days I'm talking like none like 200 views nothing one of my worst videos actually like interesting Yeah. And so it was really weird. And it was interesting because that the week before I had been in this weird crisis where I felt like I was writing a lot for pitch and I was writing a lot for other people. And I just felt so like burnt out. I was like, I'm done with this. And I'm done with writing these songs. I was like, I'm writing these songs that I actually think aren't bad that nobody is picking up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is so frustrating. And I said, I like spoken into his existence. I was like, okay, if I, if this song does well on TikTok. That's gonna be my artist project. Like this is it. Like this is the beginning. Literally, I said that. Four or five days later, it randomly starts going viral out of nowhere. It was so weird.
0: Wow, that's weird too. Because isn't I'm not super hip to TikTok. Like I know what it is, and I use it very, very infrequently. But basically, it has everything can have potential to land on the for you page. Right. And if it does, then people see it and then they share it and like it and comment or whatever. How does something from, you know, now you're at like what, 10 days out, or five days out get, you know, does it come back onto the page? Like that's, that seems like the algorithm was like, 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 I don't know. It's weird.
1: I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking too. actually, it's so funny. I made a video and I posted it on my close friends, Instagram, of me making fun of myself like the third day. And I was like, just want to let you know, I posted my first demo on TikTok and that's 200 views. So like, that's how my life's going. And it was so weird. And then it started picking up and like getting traction and resonating with a lot of people. And I was like, whoa, this just feels like a weird fate thing. And it it was very odd. And um, I had originally written the song as a pitch song, my, my best friend who I live with, one of my best friends, she had gone through a really tumultuous breakup, just like a super, just really bad breakup. And, mm-hmm. um, and we had just had a conversation about it kind of recently before. And then the producer I was working with, who's my like go-to producer, one of my good friends as well. He was also going through a really tough breakup. And so we were writing a pitch song and, we were like, okay, clearly we have to write about breakups. Cause like they're everywhere right now. And like, we just feel that. And his one kind of like, he just, his one kind of intention, he was like, okay, Sam, we need to write a breakup song that is a breakup song, but is liberating and not sad. He's like, cause I can't produce a song for eight hours after you leave. That is sad. Like I am too sad to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so a breakup song, that's not sad. I was like, how do we even do that? I was like, let's figure it out. And so that's kind of where this concept of being like already mine, like being yours already kind of came from. And when we did it, when we like kind of finally put the puzzle pieces together and like heard the the last demo, we were like, oh wait, this is like kind of cool. Like this is kind of a cool take on a breakup. Like nobody's really done that before being like actually like, I'm fine with this breakup because mm-hmm. I have myself and that's actually all that I really need. So it was kind of a cool, like now that I look back, like everything that kind of led to this moment all makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were talking about writing for Pitch. Uh, did Was that something that you were trying to do instead of, like, it sounds like the artist project kind of just fell into your lap when the song really kind of took off, right? I mean, were you was the initial goal to just go, okay, I'm gonna write a bunch of songs, Hopefully, a Taylor Swift will will pick it up and and want to put it on their record. It was that where you were trying to take your career originally.
1: Both. So I actually at the beginning of college was in a pop duo, like a pop band.
0: Um, oh, tell yeah. me about the pop band.
1: Um, it was called Fun Sucker. Um, super fun, really quirky indie pop electro pop duo. Um, it was super fun, just kind of wacky and different and. We wrote a lot of good songs and had a really fun time. So I was doing the artist project at the same time. And kind of as like, we were slowing down on that a bit, I started full sending writing because I was like, okay, what do I really love about this process? I love performing. I've always loved performing, but I really love like building worlds and telling stories. Like that's my like favorite thing. And so I started just dedicating a lot of time to writing for pitch because COVID hit and Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of time for us to perform anymore. And things were just kind of changing. And so um, we kind of just like faded out of that old band. And, um, and so it was fading out. We couldn't perform anymore. I started writing, it was in COVID, but always do, having an artist project was in the back of my mind. Cause I was like, okay, I just had one and now I'm kind of losing it. And like, but who am I? And so it was interesting for me to try and figure out, like, I have a lot of demos and I write a lot of songs, but like, what's really me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, I think that I kind of needed this moment to usher me into like finding what that is, because now that this song has done well, uh, it's, it just has made so much more sense as to like what other songs of mine are me, you know, cause they're mm-hmm. all me, but now I kind of have this group of songs that I'm super excited to release, uh, in the next few months, um, that I feel all work together in this family that, really kind of speak to who I am and also the kind of music that I want to make and also something new that I don't think anyone's really doing in pop, which I don't think this single does. I think this single sounds like pop music today. Um, But so we're trying to be a little bit more forward thinking and being like, okay, like, how do we kind of like, how do we start a pop revolution? So my producer and I were trying to figure that
0: out. (laughs) So you so the newer songs coming out have that spin on them
1: yeah, they they're different. They just have a different feel They're They definitely can live in the same world as this song, um, in terms of like the hooks and the kind of sentiments are similar. And I think the soundscapes are similar, but some of like the production choices we're making are a little bit more experimental. And like, I don't know, it's just what I love to do. And I know Taylor likes to do this too, is just take a really classic situation or a classic phrase or whatever, and just like twist it and just like mm-hmm. make it, Make it slightly different, and it was the same with already mine or whatever. Um, and so, what that's kind of what I'm trying to do in these next few singles. And I think I hope people like them. I'll start teasing them on TikTok and see what the the TikTok
0: audience, you know what the masses think. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. During COVID, were you? I mean, I'm sure that was rough, especially being in college. Was yep. like, did you have to do all your classes from the house, and were you yeah. even? Was that even the the, the same experience with like songwriting and, you know, being in that major and now you're at home on a computer?
1: Yeah, it was not the same experience. It was really interesting. My freshman year of college, I also had like a really, I had a really tough year. I got hit by a car as a pedestrian. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh, I'm so sorry.
1: It's totally fine. But I got hit by a car and like developed all these like weird, I had a traumatic brain injury and like all these conditions. So like my first year of college was basically me having this, this like health problem. And then my second year of college, the second half COVID starts, and then we're in COVID for like a year, two years forever now. And so everything was online. And I ended up doing my last semester, which was this past semester in person. Mm -hmm. But by that time, I felt so adjusted to adult life because I was literally doing online sessions or sessions with like my close community in L.A., and then I was working and then my online classes were like the last thing I was thinking about. So I kind of feel like I like didn't even go to college. Like, I'm just okay. like, I don't remember, I don't even really know what it was. Um, so I'm kind of, I loved USC and I'm really thankful for the network it provided me, but I'm kind of happy it's over.
0: Right on. And so this, this is the next phase of just focusing on this, this project you have, your, your, your artist project.
1: Yes. Doing the artist project, um, take kind of taking a step away from pitch. I think it's hard when you write a lot of songs because then you do get caught up in that what's me and what's for someone else. And a lot of things can get really messy, especially when you're writing with writers and producers who are like, okay, well, we want to pitch this to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but then it can sit on hold for six months and no one gets it. And like, Mm -hmm. I use it, you know, it's like, it, it just gets a little messy. So, um, focusing on the artist project right now, which has been crazy, like the this week has been like wild, like like the most wild week of my life. So, um, I'm really grateful and it'll be interesting to see what pans out and kind of what we end up like deciding to do to move forward with the project. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much I can say, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know, ideally, like, of course I want to be releasing these next few songs and doing all that, but what I really want to do and like, obviously I need to develop the, you know, the fan base and support to do so is like making an album and like really diving into that and finding, you know, collaborators that really wanna like, like I said, build a world and like tell a story. Like, I feel like I don't, what I really don't wanna be is just a disposable artist who had a single do well on TikTok and then you never hear about it again. Like I, mm-hmm. I really wanna use this opportunity cause it is an opportunity as a catalyst to really launch something that, you know, means something.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that a worry? I would imagine that it has to be some sort of worry there. Like, okay, I had this big hit and now I've got to like, follow it up. Are people going to care? Is it going to, yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't really sleep at night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. It's um, when, when it, when it started happening, like in, and it's getting millions and millions of views, like, are your, is your following or like, I mean, does your followers go up? Like, what is the direct, you know, kind of correlation to having that, like a, having a, Viral song like that,
1: yeah. Um, well, I started when the the day the video went viral. I had three thousand followers, and now I have almost three hundred thousand. So, <laughs> uh, I
0: <don't> know <laughs> I've well, had some other videos.
1: <laughs> I've had some other videos do well. I don't think it was all thanks to that one video. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that has been crazy. But yeah, I mean it. It makes you a little bit scared. And what's funny is everybody villainizes TikTok so much, but one hit wonders have been around forever. That's oh, been yeah, a-
0: that's, that's a not thing. a new
1: thing. So no. like. But I think a lot of people like to be like, oh, on TikTok, it's just these, you know, these artists who whatever, and they just drop these songs and whatever. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is most people that are leaking demos on TikTok, that's not a mistake. There's a lot of intention behind that Mm -hmm. and teams and, you know, there's a thought process. And so I just I want to make it clear that, you know. I'm kind of here for the long haul and I hope that people end up liking the other things. And, you know, it makes me nervous and it makes me worried that, Oh my gosh, what if I never have any other success, but you also just have to have faith and you know, if they don't like it, I'll
0: write better music. Mm -hmm. No. And then you got to, but you also have to kind of keep up now. you Okay. Now you have 300,000 followers. It's like, do you have to keep these people like wanting more? Like, is that something that instead of, okay, I don't know what you said, 3000 or whatever followers prior to that. And it's like, Is there more of a like, okay, this is more of a business now instead of just like, I'll post a video today or I'll do that if I want to. But now it's like, do you you feel like you would lose followers if you don't engage like on like almost a daily basis now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think TikTok is a job and I think that people really kind of like invalidate it as something real, but it's really hard. I mean, for me to sit down and make a video, a lot of times I used to rewrite pop songs in my videos. Like I would listen to a song, it would take me, 30 to 45 minutes to rewrite the song, 30 minutes to memorize it, 30 minutes to video it, 30 minutes to edit it. Mm-hmm. So that's two hours. Like that's a right. long time for one video. And I'm sure you know the same with podcasts. It's like, it takes a lot of time to yeah, do it. Yeah,
0: it's not just push a button and then it goes, right?
1: No, so I think that, yes, it takes a it takes a lot of effort. And also to be, I mean, these Artists are essentially being asked to be content creators at the same time, which isn't exactly what they signed up for, but I'm also not complaining because TikTok is essentially like a focus group at your fingertips. So it's this amazing tool and it's just finding, yes, yeah, So like engaging on a daily basis, thinking about how you can be interesting and innovative and, you know, not piss anybody off because the TikTokers are ruthless. And I mean, they have, they've come oh. at me a few times. they have been like, no one cares about you. It's like, Whoa,
0: okay. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh,
1: but then it's also that fine line between, not compromising your artistry. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I've been navigating a lot is, okay, how do I have a super honest look on TikTok that feels super me? And how do I keep everyone happy, but also not compromise my artistry and just write songs for people on TikTok? Because I think that I kind of started going down that rabbit hole. It's like, okay, what's a hook that people on TikTok would like? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The music has to be good. The music will speak for itself if it's good. I'm not going to like, if I like a song and it's my song and it, and it is me, I'm going to be releasing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's such a fine line. And I know a lot of artists are struggling with this right now. It's like TikTok matters, but also like true artistry really matters and what you're trying to say matters. And Mm -hmm. ideally in an ideal world, like with this song, both of those kind of merge together and resonate with a larger audience, but Mm -hmm. it's not always the case. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I yeah, really I would good. I would think that too when you when you said that you kind of have to is this song like are people on TikTok going to care like I would think that that would obviously be something that would come right to your head like oh well I have this one song so now I got to try to make all my songs this TOK-y, whatever that vibe would be but you didn't get there by doing that doing right that. Yeah. exactly
1: that's so true and that's very wise and something that I need to remember is yeah, I think that, like, that, wow, yeah, that's true. You didn't get there by <laughs> doing that. <laughs>
0: I just, I didn't, just, wasn't trying to be like, <laughs> like, I was just like stating a fact. Cause I mean, really, that's how I would, I would do the same thing as you, though. I would be like, whoa, this worked. Shit. Like, let's keep chasing this, right? Let's, like, yeah. let's, but I'm really excited to hear your new songs, to be honest. I really like the one a lot that I've heard. The, you've only put out the one song, right? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, and- more when, coming,
0: more coming. That's awesome. I cannot wait to hear them. Yeah. And thank, and thank you so much for doing this. This has been awesome. I appreciate you.
1: No, thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited. It's always fun to chat with people and get to know everyone. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I do. Um, well, first of all, I would say, hone your skills every day. Like one thing that I think is, was so important for me to do actually is have my year in lockdown doing COVID doing sessions every day. Like Mm -hmm. I think my growth in the past year and like, since I was a kid, but like even when you feel like you're good, you can still be better. So I think practicing every day and not just like practicing your skills or whatever, but like honing your craft, honing your skills every day. Um, Instagram, is your friend. I know it sounds kind of trivial, but connect with other people on Instagram, not just like posting on Instagram, not just going on Instagram, DM people, even big label execs that, you know, you talk to or publishers to get sessions with people or to get meetings with people. Their one thing is DM people, like DM the artists that you like DM, go on Spotify, find the writers on their songs and DM them you literally never know. A lot of these people don't have massive followings. And I've gotten like some of my sessions or some of my meetings from either people DMing me randomly or me being like, I love this writer. I'm just going to shoot my shot. I I have a session with a writer this week that I literally admired so much just because I DM them, you know? And so I think it's crazy because everyone says that and it's kind of scary, but I would say you utilize these tools. And, um, same, same with TikTok. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and I am always the first to be like, don't compromise your artistry because I think that your artistry should speak for itself, but utilize the tools that are at your fingertips. Because I know if I could go back to when I was 16 and a small town in Oregon with no network and no connections, if I had TikTok or if I knew about all this stuff, like, oh my gosh, like it would be life-changing. And there are these kids that are sitting, you know, in their bedrooms in, in random towns who are doing that and changing their lives, you know? So like, I would say, utilize what you have. When you think you don't have anything, you really do. It's literally on your phone. Like, I promise you do. So I would just say, yeah, hone your craft, utilize your network and, um, and ask people for help. I think that's a big one, asking people for help. I, I was really afraid to do that. But even I have like people who are messaging me now, like, hey, I'm a songwriter. I don't know how to do this. Like, how do you get your songs distributed? Uh, And then I reply and I say, Oh my gosh, yeah, here, here's my distributor. You know? So I think it's like, it's just making friends and utilizing your network.